Hey guys, welcome back to another video. My name is Clay, thanks for joining me. I'm gonna answer another audio question today. And this one is basically, you know, is MBTI legit? That's basically the gist of this question, but let's have a listen first. Hi Clay, uh, my name is Luna. Um, so I became really obsessed with MBTI a few years ago and finding I was an INFJ really changed my life for the better. And now I see MBTI everywhere. I really like the theory. But recently, a lot of people and a lot of psychologists say MBTI, it's not real, it's debunked, it's not based on any real scientifically research or study. So, I want to know your opinion on that. Do you think MBTI it's kind of basic now? Do you think it was helpful at the beginning, but now it's not? I know you are a very logical INFJ, so maybe you have done some research about Carl Jung that you can um, search with us. Um, that's the question. Um, thank you for all your content. I really like it. All right, so that question was from Luna, and thanks so much for sending that in. You know, this is a topic that I've kind of struggled with over the years. And to be honest, I've, depending on when you ask me, I will probably have a different answer to this question. I've actually thought about doing a video on this topic for probably about a year. So the real question here is, you've got MBTI, which is this personality profiling system, 16 different types. It's loosely based on what Carl Jung did way back when. So there was a time, you know, maybe about a year ago, maybe eight or 10 months ago, where all of a sudden I had this sort of existential crisis regarding this whole channel. I haven't really talked about it, um, but I thought, oh, maybe, maybe, why not? Um, I kind of felt all of a sudden like a bit of a fraud in a way, because here I was, you know, talking about all this personality theory stuff when I know it is not a science. It is not a scientific thing. Um, and I think the thing about me is that when I'm in a discovery mode and I'm absorbing information and I'm researching really hard, this happens to me quite a bit. I sort of go to this hyperfixation thing. I really enjoy the, the material I'm learning and, I, and I'm, I'm trying to get to this place where I fully understand the topic. I think the thing about any psychology that I've noticed is that you can go through this phase of researching, but then eventually you never really get to this point where you fully grasp it. It's not like math or something like that, where you work on this thing, you know, it's a proof, let's say. I did a lot of math in university. And in the end, you solve it. There's a solution. Or like, you know, programming or something like that, where you solve the problem and it's over. You know, if you're trying to figure out what's up with a person and there's all these different personality disorders, you know, narcissism and borderline and post-traumatic stress disorder, and then you've got antisocial personality disorder, which is psychopathy. And like you're trying to, you're looking at people and you're trying to figure it out. And on the other hand, you've got all these different personality systems. And for a time there, I was feeling 
a little unsure if I wanted to keep talking about it, to be honest. And I didn't even really fall into this topic on purpose on this YouTube channel. One day I just made a video about, about being an INFJ and that kind of got some traction. So I made some more and I still have those thoughts of the underlining, underlying meaning of it. And here's the truth. For me, I found a tremendous amount of value finding out in the beginning that I was an INFJ because I felt like an alien in a lot of ways. I felt like I didn't fit into the world. Um, there was so much odd stuff going on. Nothing made sense. The world doesn't make sense. People rarely make sense. And then I found that and it provided some explanations to things that previously I didn't have any explanation for or I didn't have any solution for. And I found that very exciting in the, in the beginning, kind of like what you said in your question there. You know, you found value in this. But then eventually, right, it's like I want to get to the bottom of that rabbit hole and completely solve people. And the truth is, is you're just never going to do that. I think with any of these things, what you have to keep in mind is it is a model. So, you know, if you do any like science, like I have, I have a degree in computer science, you know, you'll learn about that a little bit, like a model of a system. So you have a system over here. It's a very complex, intricate thing. And then you might build a model of it to kind of represent certain aspects or certain ideas of the complex system. And this is what I try to remember about all this personality stuff, or even all of psychology, really. It's trying to model people. You've got these very complicated creatures, human beings, and you're looking at them and you're, you're trying to sort it out. So for me, it's, it's more about an exploration of trying to figure people out. And this is a tool that you can use to do it. And so there was a time where I thought, you know what, I think I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop talking about this because I, I don't even know if I want to like have this label as this INFJ. And then I don't even know if I want to stake my, you know, reputation on defending it. That's for sure. But then I, you know, I, so for two or three months, I like barely, you know, I was kind of in turmoil about all this. But at the end of the day, I don't really know how else to say this, but when I see an ENFP, it is so obvious now. Like I can see them over there coming from a mile away and I know how they're going to behave. I know how they're going to act. I know the challenges they're going to have. I know that things are going to get excited about and it just gets confirmed over and over and over. I see an INTJ and they all have the same things going on. It's, you know, like this, this fear of sharing their emotions, this fear of being emotionally vulnerable. Um, but, you know, they have these very specific strengths and it's, it's like, I can see the INTJs so clearly, and I can see them coming. Um, you know, other personalities like ENFJs now, I can see them a little better and the INFPs and then you look on the flip side to the guardian personalities and it's like, why are they doing what they're doing? Well, it's because they really value tradition and they're kind of 
up, upholding the bureaucracy of the system, which is ironically the exact thing that I often want to tear apart and tear down. And I think the thing that this personality theory stuff has given me is it's given me a way to let people off the hook. So now I go, well, you know, that person is an ESTJ. Of course they're going to behave like that. Of course they're going to think like that. Of course they're going to misunderstand me in these ways. And I can almost predict at this point in what ways they will misunderstand me or what they won't get. In what ways do they need a little more information? How can I tailor myself and tailor my responses to these different personalities in such a way that they understand me better? And for me, this has been the real takeaway of it all. If it's useless, if it's fake, like some people say, then how come I've just gotten so much value out of it? The reality is, is that I believe at this point, like there is something to this. Is it perfect? No, it's, it's a model. But I really do think there is something to it. Just like I think there's something to trying to decide, you know, what is narcissism and what are the key traits of that? And if you identify a person who has some of those traits, you know, how do you respond to them? What's the best way to interact with that person? I find that very valuable. And the people that just kind of say, well, we should just throw this all out and treat everybody like they're exactly the same. To me, that doesn't resonate. So I was listening to a podcast not too long ago. It was Lex Friedman, and he was interviewing this ex-CIA spy. And it was a pretty interesting podcast. Um, I forget the guy's name, but I will put it, if I remember, I'll put a link in the description so you can check it out. Pretty interesting. I, I love hearing about all this like secret covert stuff. So one thing that I found super interesting about this was the psychology side of what he was talking about. So the CIA obviously spends a lot of time and effort and energy into profiling people. In a way, it's sort of for the wrong reasons. It's so they can manipulate people. You know, they might have various assets that have certain information. Well, how do they get that information out? And I was really surprised to hear that the, the favorite profiling method of the CIA is MBTI. I was shocked by that. So, you know, here's this guy. And I guess all the agents are profiled on a very deep level to find out their personalities, find out their strengths and weaknesses. And then the CIA will use them in ways that kind of takes advantage of those, of their strengths. But then, you know, whenever they're dealing with assets or trying to gather intelligence, they profile people using MBTI as well to manipulate them, essentially. And, you know, that's the part I don't like. I would never condone manipulating people in my real life. In fact, I hate manipulation, and it's actually one of my kind of core principles at this point. If I see manipulation, if I see a person manipulating me, I call them out. It sometimes gets me into trouble because people don't like to be called out for manipulation. But I hate manipulation. And the thing about psychology and the thing about figuring people out, and it's this pursuit of understanding people, is you can use it for all kinds of different reasons. You can use it for good or for bad. Um, so I guess my point here is that, yes, I do understand that people criticize the MBTI system. For me, I think part of the problem is that there's all these different 
sort of subtypes of MBTI. There's the dichotomies, which are the people who say, are you a, you know, are you an E or an I? Are you an extrovert or are you an introvert? Are you a thinker or are you a feeler? And they kind of, you know, are you judger, perceiver? And they're kind of like slotting into these dichotomies. And then kind of the camp that I like better is the cognitive functions. And so each personality has these cognitive function stacks. And I feel like this has really given me the meat that I want. It's a little deeper. There's a little more, you know, subjectivity to it as you try to figure it out. And, you know, I wonder when people say MBTI and they criticize it, you know, it's possible that they're referring to the one of these systems or, or, and, you know, like to me, the dichotomies, it kind of makes a little less sense. Like I remember I used to be quite convinced there was introverts and there was extroverts. But one thing the whole cognitive function side of things has taught me is that this is a lot more subjective than I thought. You know, the only reason why one personality is an introverted personality is because they're you know, their dominant function is introverted, but their second function is extroverted. So, you know, it's, it's really close. And the thing is, is people will say things, well, MBTI isn't science, MBTI isn't scientifically proven. And I would say, I agree. None of this is science. None of psychology is science. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have value because it's sort of, to me, all this stuff is the pursuit of understanding people. And that's something that I'm interested in. And so what are the tools I'm going to use to do this? So one critique I've heard of people saying is, well, MBTI is like astrology for nerds. I actually heard a guy I really respect on Twitter tweeted that one time. And I just really have to disagree with that as well, because the thing about astrology, you know, I don't want to criticize astrology, um, but the thing that seems like a fact about astrology is that you're assigned to it arbitrarily. And that's actually one problem I have with it. Um, Astrology to me would be a lot more interesting if, depending on who I am and my strengths and weaknesses, I could slot myself into any of these different things. But it's not like that. I am what I am based on my birth month and time. And, um, and you can't really change that. So then what they do is they kind of, depending on what you are, they use all these things to kind of help you. Um, MBTI to me is very different than that. It's you know, if I was born in February and now I'm an INTJ and that's it, I would agree that is, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, why would the month that you were born change your personality type to the point? And now you're trying to like kind of reach and push somebody into the INTJ personality. But it's not that. It's basically looking at a person and saying, how are they behaving? And then recognizing the fact that, oh, they behave in this way that has these kind of, these five to 10 traits that are kind of common amongst these other people. And then you classify them together and you put this loose label around them. And I think that's really what these personality types are doing. You know, the real question is, why do we have personalities? Why are certain people's different personalities? Like, it's, it's amazing. And it's even more perplexing now that I've had kids. You know, I have two kids. One's 11, one's five. They are so drastically different in their personalities. It's almost scary because I'm like, here, here's two kids with the same parents, very similar upbringing in a way, but you know, they're so different. There's something going on here 
that kind of is shaping these children into the into the people they they're, they're, they're becoming. I find that really interesting and perplexing. Um, and I will kind of use whatever tool I can find that seems to make sense that will help me in that pursuit. So, so far, I don't know what to say. The whole MBTI thing just makes a good amount of sense to me. Like, you know, when I see another, when I meet another INFJ, it's amazing. It's, it's, it, <laughs> it just fits the puzzle. You know, when I meet an ENFP and they're dressed in this very loud way, a very expressive way, and they want to express themselves, and they have, you know, just brimming with ideas, and they have trouble locking onto one idea. And, you know, ENFPs often are very open to kind of, you know, spiritual ideas, and I find that they're very open in that way and very accepting of other people's spiritual ideas. Like, I don't really know what to say when I see an ENFP coming at me and then all these things, all these boxes check. So for me, it just makes sense and it helps me. And the reality is, is that there's lots of people in the world and they say all kinds of different things. You will find people that agree with everything and you will find people that disagree with everything. And, and you pick any topic. So at the end of the day, it's, do you find value in it? Does, it? does it bring something to the table? Does it help you understand yourself better? Does it help you understand other people better? And I think the thing that comforts me is knowing if at some point that I find something better or some better way to describe people, then I will switch. I will use that instead. It's kind of like, you know, the DSM, which is the the manual that describes all the mental disorders. They're constantly adding new things. They're removing things. They're trying to work it out. It's like autism. You know, it used to be split into a few different categories. For example, Asperger's was one of them. And then eventually they came along and said, you know what, we're going to get rid of those three categories. We're going to put it all onto a spectrum because those old categories just weren't capturing it. So, I mean, this is kind of the way psychology is. It's a work in progress. And it's these flexible models that are kind of malleable. And I don't know. I kind of like it. I kind of want to be a part of it. And if a person comes along and they don't get anything out of it, it probably just means they're just not really interested in what I'm interested in. They're not trying to figure out the things that I'm trying to figure out. So therefore, they don't really need the tool. They don't need the same tools that I'm looking for. Anyway, um... Thank you for the question. It actually kind of spurred me to finally talk about that because I, I've been procrastinating it, to be honest. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments. Otherwise, have a good day. See ya.